section forty seven of greece and rome this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox the world's story volume four greece and rome edited by eva march tappan section forty seven the fall of vi three hundred and ninety six b c by thomas arnold the poetical story of the fall of vi is as follows for seven years and more the romans had been besieging vi now the summer was far advanced and all the springs and rivers were very low when on a sudden the waters of the lake of alba began to rise and they rose above its banks and covered the fields and houses by the water-side and still they rose higher and higher till they reached the top of the hills which surrounded the lake as with a wall and they overflowed where the hills were lowest and behold the water of the lake poured down in a mighty torrent into the plain beyond when the romans found that the sacrifices which they offered to the gods and powers of the place were of no avail and their prophets knew not what counsel to give them and the lake still continued to overflow the hills and to pour down into the plain below then they sent over the sea to delphi to ask counsel of the oracle of apollo which was famous in every land so the messengers were sent to delphi and meanwhile the report of the overflowing of the lake was much talked of so that the people of vi heard of it now there was an old Vientian who was skilled in the secrets of the fates and it chanced that he was talking from the walls with a roman centurion whom he had known before in the days of peace and the roman spoke of the ruin that was coming upon vi and was sorry for the old man his friend but the old man laughed and said ah ye think to take vi but ye shall not take it till the waters of the lake of alba are all spent and flow out into the sea no more when the roman heard this he was much moved by it for he knew that the old man was a prophet and the next day he came again to talk with the old man and he enticed him to come out of the city and to go aside with him to a lonely place saying that he had a certain matter of his own concerning which he desired to know the secrets of fate and while they were talking together he seized the old man and carried him off to the roman camp and brought him before the generals and the generals sent him to rome to the senate then the old man declared all that was in the fates concerning the overflow of the lake alba and he told the senate what they were to do with the water that it might cease to flow into the sea if the lake overflow and its waters run out into the sea woe unto rome but if it be drawn off and the waters reach the sea no longer then it is woe unto vi but the senate would not listen to the old man's words till the messengers should come back from delphi after a time the messengers came back and the answers of the god agreed in all things with the words of the old man of vi for it said see that the waters be not confined within the basin of the lake see that they take not their own course and run into the sea 
thou shalt let the water out of the lake and thou shalt turn it to the watering of thy fields and thou shalt make courses for it till it be spent and come to nothing then the romans believed the oracle and they sent workmen and began to bore through the sides of the hills to make a passage for the water and the water flowed out through this passage underground and it ceased to flow over the hills and when it came out from the passage into the plain below it was received into many courses which had been dug for it and it watered the fields and became obedient to the romans and was all spent in doing them service and flowed to the sea no more and the romans knew that it was the will of the gods that they should conquer veii so marcus furius camillus was made dictator and the Vientians sent to rome to beg for peace but the romans would not grant it now the etruscans are skilled in the secrets of fate above all other nations and one of the chief men of veii who had gone with the embassy turned round as he was going out of the senate house and looked upon the senators and said a goodly answer truly have ye given us and a generous for though we humble ourselves before you ye will show us no mercy but threaten to destroy us utterly ye heed neither the wrath of the gods nor the vengeance of men yet the gods shall requite you for your pride and as ye destroy our country so ye shall shortly after lose your own meanwhile marcus furius pressed the city on every side and he was at the head of a mighty army for the latins and the hernicans had brought their aids and he commanded his men to dig away underground which would pass beneath the walls and come out again to the light within the precinct of the temple of juno in the citadel of veii the men worked on by night and by day for they were divided into six bands and each band worked in turn and rested in turn and the secret passage was carried up into the precinct of the temple of juno but it had not broken through the surface of the ground so that the vientians knew not of it then every man who desired to have a share of the spoil hastened from rome to the camp at veii and marcus the dictator made a vow and promised to give the tenth part of all the spoil to apollo the god of delphi and he prayed also to juno the goddess of the vientians that she would be pleased to depart from veii and to follow the romans home to their city which from henceforth should be hers and where a temple worthy of her majesty should be given her for her abode after this he ordered the romans to assault the city on every side and the vientians ran to the wall to meet them and the shout of the battle arose and the fight was carried on fiercely but the king of the vientians was in the temple of juno in the citadel offering a sacrifice for the deliverance of the city and the prophet who stood by when he saw the sacrifice cried aloud this is an accepted offering for there is victory for him who offers its entrails upon the altar now the romans were in the secret passage and heard the words of the prophet so they burst forth into the temple and they snatched away the entrails from those who were sacrificing and marcus the roman dictator and not the king of the vientians offered them upon the altar then the romans rushed down from the citadel and ran to the gates of the city and let in their comrades 
and all the army broke into the town and they sacked and took veii while they were sacking the city marcus looked down upon the havoc from the top of the citadel and when he saw the greatness of the city and the richness of the spoil his heart swelled within him and he said what man's fortune was ever so great as mine but then in a moment there came the thought how little a thing and how short a time can bring the greatest fortune down to the lowest and his pride was turned into fear and he prayed if it must be that in return for such great glory and victory some evil should befall him or his country yet that it might be light and recoverable whilst he prayed he veiled his head as is the custom of the romans in prayer and turned round towards the right but as he turned his foot slipped and he fell upon his back upon the ground yet he was comforted rather than annoyed by his fall for he said the gods have heard my prayer and for the great fortune of my victory over vi they have sent me only this little evil then he ordered some young men chosen out from all his army to approach to the temple of juno and they had washed themselves in pure water and were clothed in white so that there was on them no sign of stain of blood and of slaughter and they bowed low as they came to the temple but were afraid to touch the image of the goddess for no hand might touch it except the priests who was born of the house that had the priesthood so they asked the goddess whether it was her pleasure to go with them to rome and then there happened a wonder for the image spake and answered i will go and when they touched it it moved from its place of its own accord and it was carried to rome thus juno left her abode in the citadel of vi and she dwelt in her temple at rome on the hill aventine which the romans built and dedicated to her honour after this there were rejoicings in rome greater than had ever been known before and there were thanksgivings for four days and all the temples were filled with those who came to offer their thank-offerings and marcus entered the city in triumph and he rode up to the capital in a chariot drawn by four white horses like the horses of jupiter and like the horses of the sun but wise men thought that it was done too proudly and they said marcus makes himself equal to the blessed gods see if vengeance come not on him and he be not made lower than other men End of section forty seven this recording is in the public domain